Every dealer with true faith in his heart for music should scrutinize the aims of the manufacturer along with his purchase. No manufacturer bears such examination better than the Star Piano Company. Its player mechanism, installed in pianos built by an organization of 50 years' experience, excels. With intrinsic worth as a yardstick, the star-made players measure up to the expression of best. Star-made players are built in their entirety from top to casters in the Star Factory at Richmond, Indiana. Then hitch your ambition to a star. By the 1870s, more business flowed towards Richmond, Indiana, and John Trazer, a piano maker from Ripley, Ohio, moved to the Whitewater Gorge and established the Trazer Piano Company. By 1884, local businessman James Starr and his brother Benjamin had reorganized it and expanded the piano company in the gorge, renaming it the Starr Piano Company. The company continued to grow to encompass 35 acres and 24 buildings. It was one of Richmond's largest employers. Now, Richmond has sometimes been called the birthplace of recorded jazz. Gannett Records produced a wide range of music and many different genres that had their earliest recordings created in what was sometimes called Star Valley. Welcome to Deadwax 78s. I'm your host, Sean, and this is the podcast where we're going to talk about that old-timey music and old-time companies that made that music. This episode is called Star Gannett and the Birthplace of Recorded Jazz. George Trazer and Milo J. Chase started the Trazer Piano Forte Company in a building near the Ohio River in Ripley, Ohio with Chase as the president and manager. In 1872, the company moved to Richmond, Indiana after receiving financial help from James Starr and Richard Jackson, both residents of Richmond. When Trazer retired six years later, the company was renamed Chase Piano Company. Starr became the president and Jackson the secretary treasurer. In 1880s, Chase moved to Grand Rapids to establish his own piano company, leaving the Richmond operation to be named James Starr and Company, with James Starr, of course, as the president. One of the retailers that sold Starr pianos was the Jesse French Piano and Organ Company in St. Louis. Two employees of that company, John Lumsden and his son-in-law, Henry Gannett, pursued a merger with Starr in 1892, which took place follow- that following year. Lumsden and Gannett owned half the company after that, and after Lumsden died and James Starr retired, Gannett became president, and by 1900, control of the company had passed from the Starr family to the Gannetts, Henry, and his sons Harry, Clarence, and Fred. Soon after the turn of the century, Starr Piano began manufacturing phonographs along with pianos and player pianos. And before long, they decided to start recording the discs to be played on those phonographs. By the early 1920s, a separate division was established, Gannett Records, named for the family that now controlled the company. 
Unable to record the large orchestral opera and classics that many other record companies were making, the small Gannett had to concentrate on smaller organizations and genres of music deemed beneath the big labels. Consequently, throughout the early and mid-1920s, a stream of artists came to Richmond, including future legends like Louis Armstrong, Jelly Roll Morton, Gene Autry, and Hoagie Carmichael, as well as many others who recorded their earliest records in Star Valley. Here's part one, Jelly Roll Morton, Kansas City Stomp on Gannett, 
making it one of the earliest companies to record both African-American and white musical styles in a largely segregated industry. Gannett also had a cash recording business where anyone could pay to rent a studio, record their own material and have it pressed into records. With all these different individuals and groups coming and going from the studios, Gannett's story gives a snapshot of the vast diversity of music, culture, and politics in the United States in the 1920s. In the early 1920s, the studio was 125 feet long, 30 feet wide, with a control room separated by a double pane of glass for soundproofing. A rug was placed on the floor and drapes and towels were hung on the walls. Gannett issued a few early electrically recorded masters recorded in the Autograph Studios in Chicago in 1925. But these recordings were exceptionally crude and like many other autograph issues, can be easily mistaken for acoustic masters. Gannett began serious electrical recordings in March 1926, using a process licensed from General Electric, which was found to be unsatisfactory. Although the quality of the recordings taken by the General Electric process was quite good, there were many customer complaints about the poor wear characteristics of the electric process records. The composition of Gannett's biscuit was of insufficient hardness to withstand the increased wear that resulted when new recordings with their greatly increased frequency range were being played on old obsolete phonographs with a mica diaphragm reproducer. The company discontinued recording by this process in August 1926 and they did not return to electrical recording until February 1927 after signing a new agreement to license the RCA photophone recording process. The company also introduced an improved record biscuit which was adequate to the demands imposed by electrical recording process. The improved records were identified by a newly designed black label touting the new electrobeam process. Here's part two. John Hammond, Little Birdie, with the new electrobeam Gannett. Your turn to stay here and alone. 
The Gannett Company was hit severely by the Great Depression in 1930. It cut back on record recordings and production until halting activities altogether in 1934. At this time, the only product Gannett Records produced under its own name was a series of recorded sound effects for use on radio stations. In 1935, the Star Piano Company sold some Gannett Masters and the Gannett and Champion trademarks to Decca Records. Jack Cap of Decca was primarily interested in jazz, blues, and old-time music items in the Gannett catalog, which he thought would add depth to the selections offered by the newly organized Decca. Cap attempted to revive the Gannett and Champion labels between 1935 and 1937, specializing in bargain pressing of race and old-time music, but with little success. The Star Record Plant soldiered on under the supervision of Harry Gannett throughout the remainder of the decade by offering a contract pressing services. For a time, the Star Piano Company was the principal manufacturer of Decca Records, but much of this business dried up after Decca purchased its own pressing plant in 1938, the Nuevo Michigan plant that formerly had pressed Brunswick and Vocalion Records. In the years remaining before World War II, Gannett did contract pressing for New York-based jazz and folk music labels. By 1935, Starr declared bankruptcy. Though they reincorporated as a smaller company soon after, they weren't able to build themselves back up. The company went into serious decline after the 1940s. The Gannett family, still having controlling shares, kept the business operating throughout World War II by manufacturing goods for the war effort. With the coming of the Second World War, the War Production Board in March 1942 declared shellac a rationed commodity, limiting record manufacturers to 70% of their 1939 shellac usage. Newly organized record labels were forced to purchase their shellac from existing companies. Joe Davis purchased the Gannett shellac allocation, some of which he used for his own labels, and some of which he sold to the newly formed Capitol Records. Harry Gannett intended to use the funds from the sale of this shellac ration to modernize his pressing plant, and by 1949, Starr's piano production dropped drastically. The Gannett family decided to sell Starr along with its assets. In 1952, the star name, along with its factory, was sold to the J. Solikin Company, a scrap metal and paper salvager from Indianapolis. In 1953, the J. Solikin Company auctioned the star factory assets. Most of the buildings, except for the recording pressing buildings, were left abandoned throughout the 1960s and early 1970s before being sold off. Part 3, Gene Autry, The T.B. Blues, Gannett, 1931. My good gal is trying to make a fool out of me. Lord, my gal trying to make a fool out of me. Trying to make me believe 
that I ain't got that old TV. I got the TV. When it rained down sorrow, it rained all over me. When it rained down sorrow, it rained all over me. Cause my body like a train on that old ST I got the TV blue. I got that old TV I can't eat a bite I got that old TV I can't eat a bite It's got me worried so that I can't even sleep at night like I'm going to lose Cause there ain't nobody ever with the TV blue I got the TV blue Lord, the graveyard is a lonesome place Yes, that old graveyard is a lonesome place. How mercy, Lord. They put you on your back, throw that mud down in your face. I got the TV blue. Brunswick Records acquired the old Gannett pressing plant for DECA after DECA opened a new pressing plant in Pickneyville, Illinois in 1956, the old Gannett plant in Richmond, Indiana was sold to Mercury Records. And in 1958, Mercury operated the historic plant until 1969 when it moved to the nearby modern plant later operated by Sinram located at 1600 Rich Road. Sinram closed the plant in 2009. The Gannett Company produced the Gannett, Star, Champion, Superior, and Van speaking labels, and also produced some Supertone, Silvertone, and Challenge records under contract. The firm pressed most Autograph, Rainbow, Hitch, and Vaughn records under contract as well. Of all the activity the Whitewater Valley Gorge supported, the Star Piano Company was the most significant. When the first piano craftsman arrived in Richmond, Indiana in 1872, the city had two banks, a public library, and gas lighting. The next year, when the first piano was produced, Richmond became the county seat of Wayne County and had a population of 10,000 people. There's also a Canadian connection to this story. The Star Piano Company of Richmond established studios in Richmond and New York 
Early in 1917, the newly formed Canadian Phonograph Company, Star Company of Canada from 1918 to 1930, of London, Ontario, began importing Star vertical cut recordings from the USA. In the spring of 1918, it imported lateral cut recordings on the Gannett label. And in 1919, the Compo Company of Lachine, Quebec, began pressing the Gannett Star, Star Gannett labels, in Canada. Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians made their first recordings for Star Gannett. And the labels U.S. Jazz and Blues issues are, are legendary. In 1925, Compo began experimenting with the electrical recordings, and in 1926, made the changeover with the Star New Process label. In late 1920s, Star began recording French-Canadian performers in the list growing over the years. And in 1925, when the Star Piano Company discontinued its recording activities, the Star name was taken over by Compo and continued use until 1953. Here's part four. La Bolduc, toujours on Star Canada. Avec moi son père au volet à Saint-Hubert Va donc à clé ta jument Puis au volet voir l'air sans Regarde-moi dans si noir T'as mis ta chemise à l'envers Il y a un trou dedans Qui est aussi grand que l'air sans M'a changé de nom si Puis m'a tapé l'air sans Petit rouge l'air sans Petit gus l'air sans Petit pit l'air sans Moi je trouve ça du bon sang C'est les culottes l'air sans Les pyjamas l'air sans Brassière l'air sans Vestière l'air sans Tout le monde parle de l'air sans Mais voilà, tu es plus clair, tes culottes sont devant derrière. Quand même qu'on est habitant, faut montrer qu'on a du bon sang. Va donc mettre ton prince Albert pour aller à Saint-Hubert. On partira le cœur content, pareil comme deux jeunes amants. M'a changé de nom, mon Jean, puis m'a appelé l'air sang. Tu rouges l'air sang, tu pites l'air sang, tu gustes l'air sang. Moi, je trouve ça du bon sang. C'est les culottes l'air sang, les pyjamas l'air sang, brassière l'air sang, la tiers l'air sang. Tout le monde parle de l'air sang. Ma belle-mère qui est en arrière avec sa vieille tabatière Garde-moi dans son jupon blanc, avale pas d'assin allant Mais rendu à Saint-Hubert, voilà son jupon par terre C'est le garçon de Vincent qui l'a pris pour se moucher dedans M'a changé de nom mon Jean, puis m'a appelé l'air sang Tu rouges l'air sang, tu gustes l'air sang, tu pites l'air sang Moi je trouve ça du bon sang, c'est les culottes l'air sang Les pyjamas l'air sang, brassière l'air sang, jartière l'air sang Tout le monde parle de l'air sang c'est la vieille fille engagère avec les yeux vire à l'envers. Ça faisait presque un an qu'elle tenait ses gazes pour l'air sang. Un ami de Saint-Hubert avec son nez troussé en l'air. Il dit à son ami Jean, tu trouves pas que ça sent la rame? M'a changé de nom mon Jean, puis m'a tapé l'air sang. Du rouge l'air sang, tu gustes l'air sang, tu pites l'air sang. Moi je trouve ça du bon sang. C'est les culottes l'air sang, les pyjamas l'air sang. Brassière l'air sang, jatière l'air sang. Tout le monde parle de l'air sang. Ma belle-sœur à Saint-Hubert qui fortillait comme un verre Tout d'un coup à voile l'air sang, voilà qu'elle veut sauter dedans Quand elle a vu mon beau-frère, la voilà les pattes en l'air Son bossel volait au vent, je pensais que c'était l'air sang 
m'a changé non mon genre Puis m'a tapé l'air sain Tu rouges l'air sain, tu pites l'air sain, tu gustes l'air sain Moi je trouve ça du bon sein C'est les culettes l'air sain, les pyjamas l'air sain Brassière l'air sain, jatière l'air sain Tout le monde parle de l'air sain Star's great and everlasting fame rests on taking leadership among small record companies and overcoming the technical and talent constraints they all faced, and in opening the way for every independent record label that followed. Star successfully challenged the recording process patent in the five-year legal battle that went all the way to the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, and to find affordable talent. Star pioneered in recording various kinds of regional music, then little known in the nation at large, that would eventually encourage nearly all the popular music styles heard today. Thank you for listening. This has been Dead Wax 78. I'm your host, Sean. And you know what? I'll catch you on the flip side. Mm-hmm.